Market Watch is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi. Gamble responsibly. Call 1800 858 858. I don't know whether it's you, I don't know whether it's me, I don't know whether it's all of us. Can you believe it? We are here, round one, 2023 of the National Rugby League. It is the Market Watch podcast, proudly brought to you by topsport.com.au. Oh, look at him. Skipping into work is the number one seed up there at Topsport, Tristan Merlihan. And is that, oh, look, that looks like a little dance that Jared Condon from readingtheplay.com.au is having before he makes his way to his chair. How are we, gentlemen? Very good, Jimmy. And yes, it's uh, it's like Christmas Eve here. We've got footy <laughs> in one day's time and it's, uh, it's shaping up to be a fascinating season. We've had plenty of discussions over the last month or so getting ready for uh, for, for what, what should be a cracking event. And I just can't wait for them to run out on the pitch tomorrow night. What a great game to start the season as well. Melbourne against Parramatta, probably two <laughs> sides that... Um, you know, maybe you've got a couple of question marks around in this year, so I'm certain one of them will put their best foot forward. So looking forward to see how that goes. We're in the middle of a great racing carnival as well. So plenty happening on a sport and racing front. And I don't know, by the time we finish this podcast, the cricket might be all done and dusted on <laughs> day one of, the, of, of uh, the, the first day. So we'll see how we go. Uh, yes, plenty of spring and a step here. And, and J- Jimmy's been sending me messages for two days in a row, Tristan, just to remind me that it's the 1st of March. And the lunch bets are back on for the rugby league season. So we've got so much to get through here. And listen, there's not a chance in the world that we'll get through eight games without there being lunch bets. So um, bring it on, gentlemen. Looks like a, a cracking season and very much looking forward to it starting. Five for 56, India, as we speak. Uh, Kuhneman with three, line with two. Uh, yeah, so I don't know what you're doing this time tomorrow, but it might not be watching test cricket. Just extraordinary. Uh, and of course... Uh, wherever you are listening to this podcast, whether you're watching it, uh, make sure you subscribe, write a review as well. If you're enjoying it, Uh, we're very excited about the 2023 season. Uh, So let's go back to last week. Not a whole lot to talk about from a lunch bet point of view, given the lack of sport going on. However, there was some high quality racing and Jared, well done to you. You got us home with, uh, what was it? Shuffle Dancer, $3.50. Shuffle Dancer didn't need any shuffling, Jimmy. No, a nice result there. So um, more money drops in and um, the lunch bet table stays the same, but the balance for the charity bank does kick up a little bit. What have we got there, Tristan? Yeah, up to 4,118. So not a bad starting point before the season kicks off. Yeah, absolutely outstanding. Uh, Plus eight, plus three, Jared. Uh, Just wondering how far back. Yes, there you are. Minus 10. Uh, so, um, before we get into the first round of the rugby league, uh, just have to make mention of, um, the incredible performance of our T20 women's team over their third straight world cup for them. Clearly five or six of the greatest players in the history of Australian women's cricket are in that side. It's a, it's a phenomenal side and, uh, they are a joy to watch and tell you what, it comes with a fair bit of pressure and they seem to handle it every time boys. Oh, absolutely. And they... Uh, and, and it's amazing how, you know, a, a team like that that's been dominant for so long, they get that little bit of luck in the semi-final as well and then obviously rolled into the grand final and, and, and showed their class. But just an absolute fantastic team effort. They've been, uh, you know, the standout Australian team for, for many, many years now and uh, just get, gets their just rewards. And the player of the match didn't even get picked in the, play, in the uh, team of the series. Yeah. There you go. 
Yeah, I think they were about four Australians short of that team of the series. <laughs> I think they might have been too. And, I mean, their record is just phenomenal, isn't it? Uh, amazing, amazing. So uh, well done to them. All right, let's get into it. We might have a look at the futures bets uh, at the end of the first round here, see what, uh, what whether there's been any change there, some big bets you might want to tell us about, what the, what the uh, pros and the Joes are doing as well. Um, but it all starts on Thursday night out there at Combank Stadium. It's going to be absolutely huge. We've got uh, round one of uh, game one of round one. The Parramatta Eels hosting the Melbourne Storm. Jared's going to tell us all the data around the Melbourne Storm and what they do in the first game. Uh, we're looking at the sides, and uh, obviously there's a couple of key outs there from a Parramatta point of view. Ryan Madison is sitting on the sideline incredibly. Um, Wonga Blake is out. Uh, so that's... Uh, sorry, he's recovered. He's back in the side. And then the Storm, this is a really interesting one. No Jesse, no Kenny, no Felice Cafusi. Will Warbrick uh, onto the wing. Trent Lorero into the second row. And, of course, the big one, no Ryan Pappenhausen. Where's the market on this one, Tristan? Yeah, the market on this one has seen a big shift for the Eels since we opened up the betting. Uh, we opened the market at five and a half. Uh, and the market at the start of the, uh, the it was $2.50 plus five and a half. And it's moved very, very uh, strongly towards the Eels side. They're $2.15 Parramatta, $1.70 Melbourne Storm, a flat two now. And the total points are 40 and a half. So Melbourne's still slight favourites. We know the record of Craig Bellamy in round one of the season. We know how many players have um, moved on from the Storm. We know his ability to get them up. We also have heard the talking point about Parramatta. So there's lots of unknowns going into this game. Um, and, you know, the fact that it's a talk, you know, it's getting close to a coin flip, ga- flip game is going to be a cracking way to start the season. Well, and, uh, I just found this game incredibly difficult to try and work through because firstly, Jimmy, as you touched on it, both both sides have quite a number of key outs and changes from the team that they finished with last year as their list. In addition to that, then, we have quite a number of key players missing, in particular for the Storm. But we've got Lane and Matt Matheson, Matheson um, and Brown missing out of the back row for uh, the Eels. And then for the Storm, they've they got a total of uh, seven players missing, notably Pappenhausen, who won't be back for quite a while. But, you know, they're, they're scattered through their forwards and backs, um, a long list of outs. And that is then bringing in um, a key number of changes in the, the back row and in particular their bench. Um so I found a very difficult matchup here. Um, as you touched on, Jimmy, I mean, Bellamy's record and the opening record since he's been at the Storm is amazing. 20 years, and he's won round one every year. Um, I was against them last year. I paid the price there again. Once again, they, they bobbed up. But their record against the Storm has not been great over recent times. They've lost their last four. Uh, they've also lost two of their last three um, in Sydney at this ground where Parramatta hold a, a decided edge, won seven of their last nine. Looked to me to be a very tight game. I was actually different to the markets. The markets have the storm at minus two. I just couldn't see with all of those outs how I could get to a minus. I'm I'm the opposite. I've got the eels at minus two, but lots of question marks all over the game. I'm, I'm just tipping the eels because I think home ground advantage with all of those team changes could well play a key role. Looked to me to be a bit of a low scoring game as well. Yeah, I, I see it as a coin toss game, and and that was that's where the value lies with Parramatta. I'm surprised around that. Um, they've got a great record against the Storm, as you mentioned, of late. Um, that key out of Pappenhausen, uh, obviously, 
Um, and and the formidable record of, of Bellamy at risk here. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some really great signing news from a Parramatta Reels point of view on the, on the leading into this too. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if late tonight or early tomorrow, there's talk that Mitch Moses has agreed terms with the Parramatta Reels, you know, and that's the boost that they wanted to take into this game. How much of a boost you can make your own mind up on that one. Fascinating to see Hodgson at nine. He changes what they need to do um, with their squad because he can cover nine, he can cover 13, he can cover seven. So that's going to be really a um, point of flexibility for Brad Arthur this year. And, and just how he performs after being out for 12 months with that ACL, that'll, that'll be fascinating as well. So um, Reed Marnie, an obvious loss, and they've got a lot of losses there, Parramatta, but that's a great pickup. Hodgson's best is very good. I like at the price, the Parramatta Reels. Six o'clock game on Friday. Wow, they're taking it to Wellington, this one. So moving about for that one, it's the Warriors taking on the Knights. It's such an interesting season for both these teams. Nia Cora, Dylan Walker, Mitch Barnett in the front row. Thanks very much. Uh, Chance Nickel, Crookstar and Tamare Martin are all there. Braden Williami's back after a year out in rugby. And then for the Knights, Lockie Miller at the back. Hastings in the halves. Ponga at six. So much to look at here. Where's the market kicking us off here, Tristan? This is a very important game for both of these sides because obviously the, both sides have got big question marks going into this season and the Warriors need to win these games at home or in back in New Zealand in Wellington. So the Warriors are the favourites. They're $1.54. The Knights are $2.48 and the line's 5 and a half. It has already shifted up one point, four and a half to five and a half. But the biggest move so far this week has been the totals, 43 and a half down to 41 and a half. So there has been some downward pressure on the unders in this game. So which is something you normally get in week one of the NRL with obviously a bit of the lack of cohesion. But at the moment, Warriors firm favourites at home and the Knights will be hoping to get an ordinary off-season uh, out of the way and come up and get a nice surprise win first first game of the season. Well, I'd suggest that uh, the weather forecast is clear. So uh, it's probably going to be windy in Wellington as always. But outside of that, the weather is clear. I think the pressure on the, the total points coming down may have been after the announcement of the officials for this game. Uh, Warriors, very interesting here. I, I really like the look of the makeover of their list here. They have a new coach. Um, Timur Mart looked very good in the first trial. Uh, new fullback, new centre, in particular in the middle. Their back row of Ford, Nakore, Dylan Walker, I like off the bench, Barnett in the front row. Um, a lot of change. Um, it's going to be very interesting to watch them through these opening weeks. The Knights also had some key changes. Lockie Miller at fullback, Jackson at at uh, seven, Adam Elliott coming off the bench, possibly Jack uh, Hetherington if he, uh, I think, passes some fitness. So um, some changes to like about what the Knights do. Uh, two teams at the bottom part of the table last year, but... Uh, the Knights' travel record in particular to New Zealand has been very poor, lost four of their last five over there. Um, but uh, the Warriors at Wellington and outside of um, Mount Smart Stadium haven't been that great. Look, a very open game for mine. I'm surprised about the total points coming down. I thought there were points in the game. I'm leaning with the Warriors. I couldn't get them as warm a favourite, but I thought opening their account in New Zealand with a vocal local crowd with the Warriors. Why the little drive-by on Chris Sutton, just out of interest? Oh, I think, Jimmy, if you look over the last couple of years, um, he seems to have a tendency of keeping games um, low scoring. Okay, there we go. Just wanted clarification on that one. Thank you very much. Um, I See, 
you know, we've we've talked often on this podcast about the Warriors and how they're not really embedding medium, right? I'm almost going to throw the Knights into the same category um, uh, because of you just you just need to be careful. You just like the Knights have to win a lot of trust with me, and and I'm not I'm not going to jump into a first game at at Wellington um, against the Warriors of all teams. So that's my greatest concern around this game. Uh, there's been some positives for both clubs. I thought some of the things the Warriors did in a preseason showed, you know, that that little bit extra, especially defensively. I thought first up contact in um, both their games was really good, and I'm thinking, okay, that's the Andrew Webster impact over there at, at New Zealand. Um, but Sean Johnson at six is a, at uh, seven is a real concern for me. I know he's playing for a new contract and maybe that's the motivation that he needs, but, but that's really challenging for me. And similarly, you know, I, I, I just don't agree with Lock, um, Caelan Ponger at six. I fundamentally do not agree with it. Um, I'm just trying to work out who they're just going to get to go at him all day on that left-hand side defensively for the Knights and, and just wear him out. It, and, and that's just the prototype that every coach will follow until they eventually move him back to six whenever that happens to be. Um, uh, because of the price, you have to look at the Newcastle Knights, but um, I don't see it as a as a betting medium for me. All right, let's get into a second game on a Friday night. An absolute cracker out there at Penrith. It's the Panthers up against the Broncos. Literally superstars everywhere across these two sides. Um, Liam Martin is back. Dylan Edwards, the Clive Churchill medalist, is back. Sunia Taruva has got that spot on the wing in the absence of Taylor May. And um, the big disappointment out of this one is the fact there's no Reese Walsh. Selwyn Cobbo goes to fullback Jesse Arthur's back into the wing. But um, this is one of these fascinating watches again, Tristan. What's the market with your Penny Panthers? Yeah, this one uh, has has surprised me a little bit. I sort of thought that perhaps on the back of what we saw um, against St. Helens there a couple of weeks ago, the Broncos might tighten, might have tightened up a little bit at the line. But the line has been rock solid. It's $1.21 Penrith, $4.40 the Broncos, and 12 and a half is the line. Uh 40 and a half for total points has been a little bit of movement towards the overs, but it's still at state of that same line, just a bit of pressure on the overs. But yeah, to me, um, you know, obviously Penrith first game of the season, they, they, they would have been a bit disappointed with how that game ended up. The Broncos obviously plenty to prove after a very, very poor finish to the season. As you say, disappointing that no Reese Walsh uh, in that side, which probably contributes to the, the line staying where it is. But 12 and a half to me seems like quite uh, a large amount of points. Yeah, I agree with you, Tristan. And certainly I think that the Panthers at home will be uh, stung somewhat off losing that game to St. Helens. And we know we can go through all the numbers. Their record at home is outstanding, in particular also at covering the line at home. Um, with Dylan Edwards back, uh, Liam Martin back into the back row, Sorensen off the bench, uh, Lee, uh, Linu off the bench, you know, that, that really strengthens them up from the side we saw a couple of weeks weeks ago but also do like the Broncos lineup I mean Reynolds playing is key I don't mind Cobb out fullback I'd certainly prefer Walsh but I still think uh, he's a positive uh, nice big forward lineup they've got some talent on either edge does look a very good matchup and a nice challenge the Broncos record at Penrith Park is very poor lost their last five at the ground and their recent head-to-head record against Penrith has not been great either um, I was under 12 um, 
I thought that the start earlier in the week, which might have been a touch higher in a couple of spots, was probably a reasonable gamble. And I'm not sure that there's a lot of points in this game. I think we'll see the Broncos really want to um, make a fist of round one. I'm sure the Panthers aim up. I think it's a little tighter on points. Certainly, I can't be against the Panthers. Yeah, I think we're all on the same sheet, which is a real concern this early in the season, three games in, and we're, we all think 12 and a half is a little too much. I think the Penrith Panthers win the game, as as we've talked about, but I tend to think that the Penrith Panthers will get um, less scoring this year um, around Appy Coruscant and what he creates out of dummy half. And of course, a big part of that is whether he gets the ball or not, Viliami kick out, either carrying the football or being a... Um, a decoy, you know, he just attracts defenders to you. They've got a potent left edge, or they did. So we have to wait and see how how that plays out for the Panthers. You know, you just wonder what the no Viliami kickout is going to do with to uh, Jerome Luai's triasis during the course of this year. Um, same too with with Nathan Cleary and and Appy Corusau and Isaiah Yo impacted by that as well. The the ones that don't require skill, you know, the defensive efforts, that's where Penrith will still be really good. Um, and that's why you're thinking about the the lower scoring games. I just look at this Broncos side and just think how much talent there is in the side. And you can make the case around Flegler and Farnworth and they're leaving and Selwyn doesn't think Kevy can coach and all that sort of stuff. But those things don't manifest themselves in game one. Um, they might not manifest themselves throughout the course of the year, but um, I just think there are, um, they're to be taken on face value uh, through lots of talent. And I like them at the plus 12 for that game on Friday night. First game on a Saturday is an absolute belter out at Four Pines Park. The Seagulls, yes, our man Tommy T. He is back from Philadelphia and he's ready to fly. KO Weeks is going to fill that number 14 role. No Josh Schuster, that's an out. Cooper Johns comes in for daily. Cherry Evans and Jake Trebojevic put up to the front row. That's really interesting against a Bulldog side that are running out of front row forwards after Luke Thompson injured his ankle. I think it was Willie Mason and Marco Mealy that did it. But uh, anyway, they're running out of middle forwards. They haven't got a halfback. They're flat out finding a fullback as well. What's the market on this one, Tristan? Yeah, this one is a very, very interesting game where it's um, $1.57 now, uh, Manly, $2.40 Canterbury and four and a half is the line. It's been a uh, big move for Manly. They've gone from Pickham into or out to four and a half point favourites. So 43 and a half is the total points, but definitely a very, very, very strong push for Manly, obviously on the back of uh, Tommy T being named in that side. Jimmy, can we use that little audio snippet as a promo for the podcast? They're running out of front rowers and, uh, and they've got no halfback. <laughs> you, you, question mark you, around the fullback too, by the way. Yeah, well, I think so too, yes. You've nearly stolen notes off my uh, my sheet. Uh, listen, they've been jumping out of trees since Monday. to be all over the Eagles here now. Um, I think earlier in the week there was some question marks about whether the market would move on the back of Schuster not being named. But, um, you know, uh, Cooper Johns can do a job. I thought he did an okay job in the trials, but they've also got the backup of weeks off the bench that gives them a bit of flexibility. Certainly a couple of key outs for the Bulldogs, some question marks around their edges. Um, they were strong in the forwards at times in the trials, but gee, they fell away very poorly against the, the Sharks, I thought. Very poor record at the ground, lost their last six at Brookvale. And if we scrub away some of the disappointment of the end of last year, uh, the Eagles generally are very good at Brookvale and 
have won seven of the last eight against the Bulldogs. Um, I thought the Eagles looked a nice bet to start the week. Uh, certainly there's been money behind it. Um, I thought they'd get their chance here to start the season on a positive foot. What did you get on? You you sent through an early one, Jared. What were they at that point? Were they dollar eighty eight? Dollar eighty eight. Dollar eighty eight. Okay, that is head to head. So just extraordinary now that that market is. Um, what what if Tommy T wasn't playing? Can you frame a market? And let's assume Ruben Garrick was the one going into fullback. What's what's the points line there, Tristan? Yeah, well, we we did open the game at pick and dollar ninety. Take your pick where we would have factored in some chance of Turbo playing and some chance of him not playing. So I'd right. suggest if he didn't play, we'd have the Bulldogs as favourite. Maybe not to the, to the extent that Manly are now. Um, I'd probably suggest it might be maybe high dollar 70s, the Bulldogs um, and Manly around about that even money mark would be where I'd probably position yeah, it. If Turbo was out, I would have been plus two and a half. Plus two and a half for Manly. Mm-hmm. Wow. See, I, I, that's... Uh, so you're putting what are we putting six and a half points on him, um, or seven points on him? So yeah, it's it's just extraordinary, isn't it? It might be more than that because we've got to think about the ones he saves as well. Um, I think this is a bloodbath to start the season, and all that optimism of the Bulldogs is evaporating very quickly. Um, and it's going to be a long haul. What did Gus Gould say to Cameron Serrata? You've got to go down the mines with me. Well, he's going to start at the mine at Brookvale Oval. Um, it's going to be an absolute flogging, in my opinion. Four and a half, nowhere near enough. And I'm incredibly concerned we're four games in and absolutely on the same page. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go to the fifth game Saturday up there at Queensland Country Bank Stadium, the Cowboys, the surprise packets of 2022. They're hosting the Canberra Raiders in this one, Tristan. It seems to be a very settled Cowboys side. Jimmy Tamu is in and, of course, Tommy Gilbert is out. Um, Cohen Hess out onto an edge, which is interesting as well. Um, they've got some problems, the Raiders, with personnel, with Xavier Savage, got a broken jaw already. Uh, Seb Chris has been given that fullback role. Uh, Papa Lee has a calf strain, so he's out. Danny Levi into the starting role at number nine, and Tommy Starling on the bench. Where's the market on this one? Yeah, this one uh, on the back of the teams getting announced there on Tuesday night has seen the market go from six and a half out to eight flat. So there has Oof. been a push for the Cowboys. It's gone a dollar forty-five North Queensland into one dollar thirty-five Canberra three dollars ten. Um, and yeah, as I said, the flat eight forty-three and a half the total points. So expecting a few more points than some of the other games we've spoken about previously. So um, this, this this one's a fascinating game because can the Cowboys that uh, they're priced on re- returning to their form from last year? Uh, can they come back and do that again? Uh, the Raiders obviously got a couple of key outs as well, which has contributed to it. So, if anything, I think it might be a touch wide that line, but it's uh, certainly um, you know cer- certainly we're, we're going to know where both of these teams sit a bit bit better after this weekend. See, I don't know how it opened six and a half, and I still don't think eight's right. I mean, if the if the Cowboys were a heartbeat away from winning a prelim and playing in the grand final. Uh, the Raiders fell out in week one, finishing eighth. Uh, the Raiders, compared to last year, have lost a couple of key players, then lost their fullback. If we thought three and a half was about home ground advantage, and I'm probably being a little bit generous for Townsville, how was there three points between these two lineups um, earlier in the week? I still don't think it's enough. Um, I think... Uh, Savage out is 
key because it disjoints that back five now because they move Chris back to fullback and bring in um, Smith Shields into the centres. Um, their back row, more importantly, I think they're off the bench is possibly a little weaker than um, where they were last year. The Cowboys look settled. I thought their second trial had some quality around it. Uh, at home, we're talking uh, 3.30 on a Saturday afternoon where the forecast is 32 to 33, very stinking hot, tropical heat, humid, some chances showers. If there's not points in this game, I'll give up. I'm certainly with the cows, and I thought they covered the line. Hey, it's it's up that you blokes up there in Queensland are only one hour behind. I know it feels like at times it's a couple of decades, but it's only one hour. So four thirty local time. Yes, um, how are you talking about times, Jimmy? You've had about four cracks at trying to get the time <laughs> for the podcast for us last fortnight. We're on Auckland time, aren't we? But anyway, um, it, yeah. So well, um, I'll give you the tip. It's going to be a little bit different to coming out of Canberra. Mate, Canberra's very hot. You see, Canberra's got the extremes. Very hot in the summer, very cold in the winter. But anyway, I digress. Um, I'm not going to disagree with you again. I'm with you. Minus eight, not enough. Not enough. The Cowboys... Well, we're going to have to step in then. I'll, I'll let you finish, Jimmy. But um... Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Tristan's chafing so at the bit. I'm I'm looking at the, the lineups and, and I'm concerned about Chris at the back. Um, Fogarty, I think, is what the... Thing that we're all looking at and his great finish to the season last year and his combination with White, which is, they're a good fit. Danny Levi's a question mark. Tommy Starling's one of the best ball runners in the league. It'd be interesting when they make use of him. But, you know, Tarpany, Whitehead, Hadawira, Naira, all coming off World Cups and you're interested to see how their preparation is going to be. You could say the same about Nanai and Tamalolo, but I expect improvement out of Drinkwater. I expect improvement out of Dearden. I expect improvement out of Robson. If Townsend can get anywhere near he played last year, then he's going to be a strong contributor again. I'm, I'm with you, Jared. I think I think uh, a strong performance from the Cowboys at home to kickstart their 2023 season. So I like them minus the eight. Yes. No, I, I take on board everything you guys have said, but I think it's lunch bed time. I think we've got to get involved. <laughs> I, I just can't be against... Uh, to the side that was in the finals last year, conceding over a try, round one. I, I just think the Cowboys just might have a little bit of a dip compared to last year. I, I, I think they'll, they'll they'll come home strong back end of the year, but I've, I've just got a feeling this game is going to be a little bit closer than where it uh, where the line's positioned. So eight eight flat. Well, uh, uh, well I'm on. Yeah, well, right there we go. Times two. So they're lining up to do that. Hey, keep in mind too, round one last year, Bulldogs six, Cowboys four at. Queensland Country Bank Stadium. So there you go. That that's what you can cling to, Tristan, when they're they're down by twelve in with about twelve minutes to go in the second half. <laughs> the only thing they didn't do after that game was swab the players because how that result unfolded in week one at Downsville was just one of the eighth wonders of the world. I, I love Jared calling retrospectively for an inquiry into a game that was 12 months ago. But anyway, something. When the Bulldogs were favourite in that game, mind you. Is that right? Were yeah, they? We, we, the Cowboys were favourites that were run last in that game. And they uh, we laid a decent bet on the spoon. And I thought, oh, that was their chance to uh, to avoid, which obviously didn't cause a lot of concern for much into the season. But at that point, I thought, oh, that's a game they might have needed to win. <laughs> oh, and oh, six weeks later, the Cowboys are on a roll and Trent Barrett got sacked. Yeah. Yeah, flips around quickly. 
Saturday night's a beauty down there at Shark Park. The Sharks taking on the Rabbitohs, two of the heavyweights from last year. We anticipate them being challenging for the top four, certainly based on what we said uh, last week in our preview of the season. They've got a massive out, though, the Sharks. No, Nico Hines, uh, calf injury. Braden Trindle is the man that comes in. Oregon Kafusi will make his debut with his new club. Tane Milne still got a match to serve, so Isaac Thompson's going to be in on the end of a back line, so half his luck on that one. Harme Sele is out. He was very good for them last year. Jai Arrow back into the starting side as well. Where's the market on this one, Tristan? This one's moved, not at all through weight of money, just obviously when uh, the news of Nico Hines uh, out there, I think it was Saturday, it might have been announced, um, or Sunday, uh, that obviously shifted the market very heavily towards the bunnies. Uh, it was one and a half the line at the at the opening. Um, it's now $1.53, the Rabbitohs, $2.50, the Sharks, four and a half is the line. However, at the four and a half, we have sat, taken some action on the on the Sharkies plus a start. 42 and a half for total points, a little bit of downward pressure on the unders. So this game's going to be an absolute beauty. Two of the heavyweights of the comp, as you say, two teams expected to go really, really well. Obviously, Sharks at home have got a great record there, but as we know, Nick, no Nico Hines. So how they'll respond without him is going to be fascinating. Yes, the Nico Hines uh, is just such a, a key out and completely changes the complexion of the game. Although Sharks first up game one at home, um, I think he's better if they're going to be without Nico Hines than if it was six or eight weeks into the season. They've got a quality record here. One, uh, nine of their last 11 at home also have a very good record at home when they've been the underdog. Interestingly, the Rabbits' record at the ground is atrocious. They've lost seven of their last eight, and a number of those have been key upsets. So certainly I think the Sharks at home are in this up to their ears, but I can't not factor in the Heinz factor. Uh, you know, Trindle on his day, I think, can do a job. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm with the Rabbits. Their lineup looks very strong. Um, we know that they're brimming with talent. Uh, I had a couple of question marks off a couple of their forward um, bench spots. But, yeah, I'm with the Rabbits first up. I'm not sure that it's a wide margin. Ooh. Um because I think four and a half is not enough for the Rabbits. Um, and it's on the back of how bullish I am about the Rabbits for, for this season too, which we spoke about last week. But, um, you know, if you want to compare them across the line, Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, Lachlan Ilias and Damian Cook with William Kennedy, Matt Moylan, Braden Trindle and, and Blake Braley. You know, there's there's maybe some emerging talent on that shark side. There's out-and-out superstars uh, in three three out of four for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, Moali, I like on the bench. Um, I don't know whether you're referencing Shaq Mitchell, but um, he was serviceable, I guess, during the course of the, the preseason. Um, if you look at the Sharks bench, it's a strong bench, isn't it? They've yeah. they've, they've given themselves an opportunity there with um, McInnes and Graham can play multiple positions and then Kafusi and, and Williams through the middle of the park, uh, park as well. Um, I think the Sharks are in for a good year. I think a lot of it hinges around Nico Hines, though. So I'm happy to take them on here. Rabbitohs minus four and a half for me. Anyone? Anyone? Nah. All right. <laughs> Let's get to the, the next game. It'll be the very first game of the new team in the competition. I'm talking about the Dolphins. Uh, and Wayne Bennett's team are going to run around uh, without Anthony Milford, which seemed to be the big to uh, talking point after team list Tuesday. Isaiah Katoa 
is going to be in that number six jersey. Uh, Jesse's there, Kenny Bromwich, Felice Cafusi, all those guys they bought to bring something to the club. They're all available. Ray Stone coming off the bench. Kurt Donahue, well done to him. Uh, out of the Panthers jersey flag side to make his NRL debut. Um, for the Roosters, no Joey Manu, no Jared Waria Hargreaves. Corey Allen's there. Swalihi is there. And Kiri, who missed that trial game, comes back in to play as well. No Angus Crichton, obviously, um, and not sure when he will return. But um, this looks straightforward, Tristan. Oh, the result is straightforward, you'd have to think. But trying to settle on a final number to position this line, there's been darts flying around my office where the guys have been trying <laughs> to work out where to stick this number because there's a lot of uncertainty around it. Guys have settled on 17 and a half. Went 17 and a half out to 18 and a half, back into that 17 and a half, but now we've laid the minus there again. So um, <clears throat> tricky one to work out where it sits. 45 and a half is the total points. Um, obviously, the Roosters on paper just look a class above. They've got obviously a few outs, though, which um, will will impact them somewhat. And, and the Dolphins, their first game is a new club. They're going to be up and about. So if this game was in, in week 10, a completely different story. Week one, if ever they're going to cover against a star-studded side, this has got to be it. But it's just uh, got so much uncertainty around it for me. Yeah, I, I agree, Tristan. It was really difficult to try and put a number here. I mean, I, I'm I'm much shorter than that. I I ended up at 14 between them. Um, did I want to play? No, uh, because I just, I'm just not sure what the Dolphins combination is going to bring yet. The other really big question for mine over the next six weeks for the Dolphins is where do their points come from? You know, I just don't know where the line breaks and where the try setups and, you know, they're going to need 20 to 24, 26 points to be winning games. I'm just not sure where all of that comes from uh, for them. But first up at Suncorp, um, Wayne's first roll of the dice here where I think he's taken low key into the trials. I'm sure it's been very different this week. I'm sure they give an account of themselves. Um, the Roosters issue is, you know, they got four key outs and, out of their best possible top 30, I think they've got something like six or seven unavailable. Nine. Uh, so, nine. So it's certainly, nine. Not, certainly not their best walkout here, but uh, I do expect that they're too strong. Um, the other key point I thought was I, I just can't see that it gets to 46 points because if I've got a question over the Dolphins' points and we've got at least nine outs in the Roosters, uh, I'm not sure, even on a hot... Sunday afternoon that we might get the 48 points to cover that line. Yeah, that's interesting. So what are we looking at? Um, 28, 18 or something like that, you know, and it's, uh, does Tedesco score one and have two trices or something like that? And that sort of gets you halfway there, doesn't it? But uh, that is the interesting one. That's a tough market to frame up too, isn't it? Uh, the line on this one, um, 17 and a half, 17 and a half, you'd have to favor the Dolphins because of the defensive performance. Um, and for no other reason, but uh, and and you know that they're just going to give their best effort uh, on on the first game ever for the club in the in the NRL. So um, and and Wayne will have them timed to the minute. He's made a statement with the um, non-selection of Anthony Milford. Just seeing vision of him playing and seeing vision of him getting around the ground. Clearly um, missed by about ten kilos. Um, he's ideal playing weight for this season. Um, and I know he had the World Cup and there's all sorts of reasons uh, and excuses you could give him and apparently he's taken them. So um, no surprise that Wayne has given him a little clip publicly as well. Um, but gee, it puts some pressure on Isaiah Katoa, doesn't it, for the for the very first game of this 
uh, of his career and the very first game for the new franchise. But uh, if you if you wanted to press me on it, I'd say the Dolphins plus 17 and a half. Final game is, again, a fascinating one. Two sides who really feel like they've got improvement in them this year. We just need to see. It's the Tigers taking on the Titans. This is at Leichhardt Oval. So Luke Brooks is named with a calf injury. And all the stars are there, bar Bateman. So Coruscant, Clemmer and Papalihi are all playing. Keep an eye on Sean Bloor, who is highly regarded. Had an ACL last year, so he is back in. No Ken Marmalor, so that negates your try-scoring ability. Uh, and for the Titans, Kieran Foran is there. Sam Berrells is there. All eyes on their back rower, Dave Fafita, and how he plays. But this is a, another tough one to price up, I'd reckon, Tristan. Yeah, it's just a shame this game's not in week six because it might be the Tristan Top Sport Titans against the Jimmy <laughs> West Tigers. But uh, <laughs> all the uh, discussion going around this week, obviously, very much tongue in cheek that one. But uh, eight weeks, eight weeks, eight weeks, eight yeah, weeks. So. <laughs> so, uh, we'll, uh, but no, it, it has been a very, very tricky game to prize, and we did put the market up at Pickham, uh, which I thought seemed about right, and. Uh, the market money has been very, very strong for the Tigers. A dollar seventy the West Tigers, two dollars fifteen the Gold Coast Titans, two and a half the line now. So it has moved from pick'em to two and a half and forty-six and a half the total points. So fascinating game. The both of these sides, uh, you know, they, they've been working hard on their on their defense, but the, the total points is, you know, the the highest of the round, and obviously in on a Sunday late Arvo as well. Um, I, I think this game should be a little bit close to Pickham. I'm surprised the markets moved the Tigers' way on the back of Bateman not playing. It was Pickham when he was expected to play, and now it's gone to $1.70 since he's ruled out. So I do find that a little bit surprising, but as we know, I might be a little bit biased. <laughs> I'm with you, Tristan. Where has the love-in for the Tigers come from? I, I just do not get this. I mean, can somebody remind me who ran last last year? Uh, yes, I know they've got some key ins here, and clearly that's going to improve their rating and their position. But if there is a team that culture-wise have not performed under any sort of focus or pressure, it's the Tigers. And there's all this glaring pressure now, rolling out all these players this week. I mean, there's been the loving for the last three months about all of the team changes and you know the positive season and Tim Sheens and Benji Marshall and all that sort of stuff. I mean, the other key factor is they've lost seven of their last ten at Leichhardt. It's uh, you know it's no gold mine for them either. The Titans have won their last six games in Sydney, won their three of their last four games at Leichhardt and won eight of their last 10 against the Tigers. So turn it up against the Tigers fresh week one at Leichhardt in Sydney under the radar, I think just suits the Titans down to the ground. Um, I do like those ins for uh, the Tigers, and I agree with you, Jimmy. I think uh, Bloor back is big. Uh, you know, Papalahi, you know, Coruscant at nine. It's a nice forward lineup. a uh, little bit of depth off the bench. Um, where their points, more importantly, where their defence is, is going to be a key watch. I do really like Foran and uh, Varelis and the influence that they bring here. I like what they showed in that second trial, but uh, playing a, a very ordinary uh, Dolphin side. But I can't be uh, with the Titans. I just thought the market was really wrong. Um, I had the, the game even. I thought two and a half was a nice leg up, and I think the Titans can win. Oh dear, I'm agreeing again. So, anyway, oh, no. yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, Coruscant's the key. Cor Coruscant is the key to the 
to the West Tigers from an attack point of view. And if you want to wonder where the points are going to come, not on the left-hand side off Luke Brooks if he plays. It'll be on the right-hand side off Adam Dwayhe. Because, you know, even even in this the trials that they've played in that that game against the Canberra Raiders, it, it was just all Dwayhe. He is the class player in the team. Um, it looks like, well, we don't know, but we think they've missed out on Mitchell Moses. So what they do with Adam Dwayhe is absolutely crucial. Um, moving forward for the Titans. Um, I like what foreign brings to them. Uh, I, I think he might be helping Dave for feeder unlock what he can do. Verrills is a quality dummy half, which they haven't had um, not for a long time. And I think Justin Holbrook realizes, you know, this is almost last throw at the stumps for me as coach of this team. You know, he, he, he can't be bottom four because if he's bottom four, they make a change. Um, and from what I understand, there's been a bit of change in demeanour from Justin Holbrook around, okay, what we let you get away with last year is not going to um, be sufficient this year. Keep an eye on Alofiana Khan Pereira. Absolutely flying machine on the wing. I think he scored six tries in the in the two trial games. So, uh, And they say he has elite speed and um, not fastest in the club, maybe fastest in the league. So there's one to look at. Yeah, love the plus two and a half with the Gold Coast Titans um, coming down to Leichhardt and, and stealing the points in that one. All right, Jared, you better give us your game tips and you better give us your best bet. Jimmy, I went with the Eels first up in a tricky game. The Warriors, the Panthers, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Rabbits, the Roosters, and I'd like to finish Sunday night with the Titans. I thought the best of the week was uh, the Eagles, but they've been very heavily backed. So let's take the Eagles straight up the win into the Cowboys straight up the win. Around $2.15 with Top Sport. I thought that was my best for the week. Kristen? I think my best for the week is the team that we just spoke about, the Titans. I'm going to take them straight <laughs> off the stick at $2.15. I'm very, oh, love very it. I was, love I, was, it. I, was, I was trying to play the uh, the the check hold here to get you guys involved in a lunch bet. So probably one of the most disappointing moments of the last six weeks that you guys agree, but I'm going to lock them in as my uh, best bet of the week. Hang on. Does Ash know you're paying twice for this, pre- um, this sponsorship? Uh, she doesn't know a lot of things. So no, she does not know this. <laughs> <laughs> She's just there in the top sport lounge, just enjoying uh, all the home games. Uh, fair enough too. Um, I'm going to go the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, they're out to $2 at the minus four and a half. So, um, I'm going to go the Rabbits to kickstart their season with a big win down there at Shark Park. My other option was looking at the Titans plus the two and a half. I'm going to split the bet this way. Can I have uh, $70 on the Rabbits minus four and a half? And I want $30 on Cody Walker, anytime try scorer at $2.90. He's got backing up on the inside written all over him. Thank you very much on that one. What about the staking plan? It's moved from the racing to the uh, rugby league. Very, very good to see. Yeah, I'm, ju- I'm just picking myself back up off the floor. Any, uh, Tristan, any pros and Joe's mail this week? So, folks, we want to uh, let Tristan just come to the fore here and let us know as a bookmaker if there's been any smart money or the public pushes in a particular direction on any week where something might stand out. Yeah, the, probably the, the the biggest move has been for the game to, tomorrow night between Parramatta and Melbourne. It's been very, very heavy towards Parramatta. It's moved incrementally. Like, so there has been some bigger moves on over the course of the weekend, uh, but they've been mainly on the back of uh, player movements, which you know is a bit different to weight of money. But the biggest back team or the best back team has by far and away been the Eels. 
And there has been a little bit of downward pressure on a few of the games, just on an overarching basis on the unders, just on the back of the punters' early days in the competition. They just speak a little bit, they expect a little bit of inconsistency in attack. India six for eighty two as we near lunch on day one. So just just to give you an update in the in the test match as well. Uh, all right, let's get into a racing bet for the weekend. Jared, what do you got for us? Uh, Jimmy, let's go to Flemington on Saturday. It's amazing that we've got a Guineas in Sydney and a Guineas in Melbourne this weekend. I mean, surely we have a national racing body that one day gets together and starts to sort out the pattern and the racing plan. But anyway, we'll go to the Australian Guineas in Melbourne at Flemington. Race seven, number one, Jack and A. Gee, it's a good horse. Uh, I think it's uh, one of the... Um, Top-rated horses in the top three running this weekend. It's got about 10 rating points on this field. I'm amazed that we've got figures in the black. 225 with Top Sport at the moment. Race 7, number one, Jack and A. Down the crown of the track, and I think um, it's a standout bet for mine. Tristan? No, I'm still looking at my wounds after poor old summer loving. Uh, jumped to the front and couldn't quite... Uh, Get down that long straight. So no, going out for a spell, summer loving, going to focus on the uh, the the spring. So hopefully comes back a little bit bigger and better next year. So yeah, no, no, not next next season, should I say? But no tips for me just at the moment. What about that? Like a, yeah, ride like a greyhound round the turn too. And Tristan, I thought here we go. It actually kicked a couple of strides, and uh, I was uh, well invested. And I thought, well, here we go, and um, it stopped like. Um, Nothing. Like, like like you were on it, Jared. So it just pulled up, didn't it? I, I um, wish the race had been in March, not February, then we might have had a chance. I, I tell you what, um, <laughs> I, I, uh, it, it was just there to show all those Sydney scribes that rode it off the day before. I'll show you, won't you? And anyway, pings the gates and away it goes. And even Flindell in the call, wow, Summer Lovins jumped well. So he's surprised as anyone. Yes. Um, all right, let's go to uh, Randwick, race 10. Um, I'm looking at best tote plus start price. So that must be the top sport top up. I'm sure that's what Tristan will offer me uh, right now. For number 10, uh, sorry, for number three in race 10, Argentia, J-Mac rides. Uh, do you have a, what's a, what sort of price will we be looking yeah. at there? Could the all we are doing this uh, podcast a day earlier than what we have been in recent weeks. It's going to go up at around about the $3.60 mark. The traders will get that up in the next half an hour, but yeah, three sixty is the current fixed price for Argentia. So okay. for Jimmy, uh, for Jimmy, that's four sixty. Jimmy gets three twenty. <laughs> so the crucial staking plan associated with this, then uh, I'll go a hundred dollars on the nose. Thank you very much. hundred dollars on the nose for Jimmy. Thank and Jimmy, uh, I should let you know uh, a horse I've been mentioning for many months called Dark Chill mm. should be stepping out Wednesday next week. So I may Ooh. be in significant doubt to get home for the podcast late Wednesday afternoon. Well, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the NRL season if we weren't working around people's schedules to do this podcast. So uh, there you go. I just hope that Dark Chill and and the Dark Chill hat that you're wearing so proudly today doesn't suffer the same fate as the San Francisco 49ers cap that was worn proudly since about week eight of the NFL and then discarded after the uh, the loss in the conference final game. But anyway, anyway, I'm sure that won't be the same for Dark Chill. Jimmy, I'm I'm happy to go with the words of uh, David Van Dyke, our tra- uh, astute trainer, who said to me last week that uh, Dark Chill is one of the reasons he gets out of bed in the morning. <laughs> That's three o'clock too. So is now that you, can, you read into that whatever you like, but I took the positive. 
is is that is that three o'clock Auckland time or is it Townsville time? Where where are we talking here, Dave? Well, the really good thing for David is you're not scheduling what time he needs to get up. <laughs> Uh, imagine the races if I was scheduling them. I'd be all over the place. Anyway, anyway. Hey, gentlemen. I might have finished. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good start to the year. We can't wait. Round one starts this weekend. Enjoy your test cricket. Enjoy your racing. But most of all, of course, enjoy your rugby league team. Thanks, guys. See you, guys. Reading the Play is Australia's favourite source of NRL and horse racing tips. Our professional analysts provide the sporting enthusiasts with the best of the best. Get the best professional tips and previews from our tipsters direct to your phone. Readingtheplay.com.